Well, D what? I'm sorry, what was that D what? So little did you know, I'm your last, I've been flown in from Africa for this conference. And, uh, and so I'm excited to preach this morning on discipleship. And just in God's sovereignty, that's the subject that I wanted to bring to you this morning. So open your Bibles to Matthew 28. But I, I'm intrigued with your title. Or is this a title, logo, what is it? Title, logo, D what? D now. D, <laughs> D now. I like that. I like it because it's discipleship right what? Right now. Right now. And I want to say in the outset of this message, not just to these young people, but to every single individual in this room, discipleship now. Now, church has been far too patient, waiting for people to come to them. We must now go to them. Discipleship now. I was going to give this message way back during the floods time. The Houston floods, what was that? Harvey, during Harvey days. And I got pushed out because you guys were flooded, so I fled out of here someplace else, and I preached someplace else instead on that Sunday. Then the next Sunday, uh, due to a number of circumstances, I preached on the church. But I, I am burdened with this message, and I want to preach it now. And I want to preach it now because it is a burden to me. I believe in this message. I believe that what Jesus was doing in the Great Commission is he was, he was giving his methodology to impact the world. I live in Africa. I, I live in a society that is filled with corruption that was, that was in dire need of Jesus Christ. And I recognize everybody has all their solutions for Africa. Give money, give this, give that. And let me tell you, there is one method for impacting Africa. It is discipleship now. I have seen Jesus Christ transform a society and it is everything embedded in these words. Jesus Christ can transform the world. He can transform your family. He can transform everything. We need discipleship and we need it now. And it must become a deep burden to us now, 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 now. Now, don't give an excuse as to why you have been a believer for all these years and you cannot find souls that are impacted because of you. Stop giving an excuse. There are tools available. I wrote a tool, Quest for Truth, that's being republished. Get it and start in page one and lead them to the end. Discipleship now. There's no excuses. There's no excuses. 
I believe that this is what the world needs. And the reason I am also motivated to speak on the subject of discipleship is because I believe that we are much like the disciples of that day. Aimless. We're so baffled by all that's going on around us that we've somewhat lost direction. And when you open your Bibles to Matthew 28, what do you find? You find a bunch of disciples who had followed Jesus for three and a half years. And at the end of that following them, going everywhere Jesus took them, all of a sudden their master, their king, their Messiah is what? Gone. Gone. And they sit there thinking, okay, well, what? What now? They say, oh, well, let's go fishing. Okay. But that wasn't the mission that they were to go on. Jesus didn't have them follow him so that they can go back to their old lifestyles and do their old things. No, he entrusted them with a mission. And that's what we see here. Jesus gathering his disciples and commissioning them for the purposes of his kingdom. I want to pause here for a moment. The world in which we live in right here is a kingdom. I know we don't live with this mentality in this country. The rest of the world does. We're in God's kingdom. God is on his throne above this universe. And our worldview must change. Pilgrim's progress worldview must become our worldview. Even in the theological persuasions today, everything is salvation, salvation, salvation. But let me tell you, friends, the center of this Bible is not you and me. It's not salvation. The center of this Bible and the theme of this Bible is king and kingdom. And in us, for us to understand what this Christian life is all about, you must understand king, you must understand kingdom, and you must understand your role in this kingdom. And that is the motivating factor of this passage. And I want the joy and privilege of showing that to you this morning. Young people, you have a mission to run. You have a great commissioning given to you right here. But what is that? It is discipleship now. Let me show it to you. Look with me in Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 16. And I want to read this passage to you, and I want you to put yourself in this passage. Here's the passage before us, Romans, Matthew 28, verse 16. But the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some were doubtful. Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. 
Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Here is the text before us. I want to show you four components of this text. How many components, kids? Come on, everybody, go like this. Go like that. Uh-huh, four. Four components. First, I want to show you the background. Look with me in verse 16 and 17. But the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee to a mountain which was designated. Jesus had designated. When he saw them, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. Here we see the disciples being told to go to a particular mountain in Galilee. Now, the Sea of Galilee was surrounded by all types of mountains. But there was a place that Jesus and the disciples hung out. They knew where to go. And they're sitting there waiting for Jesus. Now again, we need to understand that Jesus has, has appeared and disappeared, appeared and disappeared. And they are in utter confusion. Remember, they believed Jesus was the Messiah, Israel's king. They believed that. And as a result of that's why they followed him. But they believed there was upside to this thing. And that ultimately they were going to be able to sit on the right and on the what? The bonus was we're going to get great position. In the kingdom. All of a sudden their king has died. Confused. What do we do now? Our leader's gone. Then all of a sudden he appears and resurrects. And then he's there and then he's gone. There and gone. And you can imagine the disciples are like, well, what are we supposed to do? What next? And here Jesus tells them, go to a mountain. I'll meet you there. So here are the disciples up on this mountain, kind of like I'm up on this stage. And as they're on that mountain, according to verse 17, it says, when they saw him. So they're on this mountain. Probably Jesus may be coming right from down the mountain. And all of a sudden they what? They see him. Here he is. Oh, my goodness. Now, this is the resurrected Jesus. Amazing moment. And according to this, there's two responses. Some what? Worshipped him. Oh my goodness. There he is. The son of God. There he is. The king of kings. They were filled with worship and awe. They extolled him and they exalted him. But also it says that some were doubtful. Why? Because this was a hard thing to get your mind around. Christ just rose from the dead. How can he be alive? Some were thoroughly confused. What's interesting is Jesus doesn't stop there. I think what in the picture, I think what's happening is Jesus, I think, goes right past the disciples. And he turns around. That was the background, and he gives the second component that I want to show you. He gives an announcement. 
He gives an announcement. And my dear friends, you cannot understand the Great Commission without understanding this announcement. You must hear it. You must hear it loudly. You must hear it clearly. And you must shout it all throughout the world today. Look at this announcement with me. Verse 18. And when Jesus came up and spoke to them, look at what he said. All authority has been given to what? Hello. It's an announcement. Come together with me. Come on. You're going to do it. Ready? All authority has been what? A louder. All. This is an announcement. Announce it with me. Here we go. All authority has been what? All authority, all authority has been given to me. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. What is Jesus saying? What is he declaring? He is making such a pronounced announcement that we must hear it. He's saying all what? Authority, all power, all, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. This authority speaks of rule, the ability to be in charge and control, to have all power. It's to be in charge, not just of earth, but also of what? Dear friends, something happened from the cross to the resurrection till now. What happened? What happened? Well, according to Philippians chapter 2, look there with me. What happens is Jesus is declared, is crowned king. He's crowned king of kings, lord of lords, master of all. All authority is given to him. He is declared to be the one in charge over all things. This is awesome. This is incredible. This is so important we understand this. And so often we don't understand the theology behind the Great Commission, so we fail to understand the Great Commission. The theology is this. Jesus is now king. And this is not an attribute of God. This is who God has declared himself to be to his people. Look what he says in Philippians chapter 2. You know this passage. In verse 9 it says this. For this reason God highly exalted him. From the cross, after the cross, what did God do? God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above what? Every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth. So that every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Dear friends, something has happened 
in this moment, Jesus comes to all of his disciples and he comes to us even here today and he makes an unbelievable announcement. The announcement is this, I am king. I am what? Everybody, I am what? I am king. King of all things. He is, and he's coming to his disciples and saying, look, I'm not just the king of Israel as you wanted me to be. I'm now the king of all nations, all peoples, of everyone. And this is, shouldn't have been a shock. We know from Daniel chapter 7 verse 13 that this was a promise before the beginning of time. Daniel 7, 13, it says that I looked into in a night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like the Son of Man was coming. And by the way, the Son of Man was a term that Jesus loved. Why? Because of this prophecy. And he came up to the ancients of days, and who was at the Father, and was presented before him. And was given dominion. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom. Huh? A what? That all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. My dear friends, that has happened. The Father gave the Son a kingdom and this is his kingdom. Young people, you are in the kingdom of Christ. Yes, on a universal sense. There will be a future day when God sends up a throne in David. But right now, there is a universal throne, and he is the king over on that throne, over this universe. Amen? Oh, hold on. Amen? You have to see that in your worldview. This needs to be at the forefront of our minds, etched into our, into our inner person. It needs to be the driving compulsion in our lives, in the center of our worldview. This is what our country has forgotten. People today are doing whatever is right in their own eyes. And they've, not, they've forgotten the fact that there is a king over all things. We cannot do whatever we want. There is a universal king over us of which every human being will give an account. Let me pause here. Young people. Do you understand that there is a king over this universe? Do you understand that every day when you say that you are a Christian, what do you do? You bow the knee to what? Christ as Lord and King. Christianity is 
the moment we all acknowledge him as Lord and King and we surrender everything we have to follow what? Him. Why? Because he is King. Discipleship now, now is because he's King. And the world must know him. The world must see him. The world must bend the knee to him. All people everywhere must see his supremacy. Know his goodness. Know his awesomeness. And this is what drives me. People are living as if there's no king and they're destroying themselves. Oh, God is so good. God is so good. His ways are the best. Young people, you're going to go into this world out here and it's nasty. It's ugly. But there's a king. And everyone who acknowledges that king and lives life his way, life will be sweet for you. I was just last night, I was coming back from the airport. Some sweet gal driving a bus. She got stuck with Danielle and I at the end. And my heart can't help but reach out. She's all tatted up. But she needs Jesus. Because she thinks some guy is going to satisfy her. She thinks some, some uh, living after lusts and pleasures are somehow going to fulfill her. Uh-uh. She doesn't know there's a king who created her and designed her. And God, Christ stands before his disciples and says, Look it, I'm now the king and therefore you must get on mission with me. You say, what do you mean? Well, go from the announcement to now the commissioning or the instruction. Look with me at Matthew 28 again. You see, we always jump here at verse 19. What's the word we see there in verse 19? Anyone? Come on, verse 19, first word. Everybody say it. Go ahead. Technically, put the word therefore, and then the word what? Go. See the word therefore? What is it saying? In light of me being what? King. Now, for, now you have a responsibility, and I want you to see this because this is essential to all of your discipleship from here. In light of me being king, you have three responsibilities. These are three participles. Going, teaching, wait, going, baptizing, and what? Teaching. How are we to, how are we going? But before that he says, therefore what? Make disciples. There's the verb. Make what? Pause. Make what? That word disciples, it's kind of a tricky word. I don't really like it used right there. It's another word we can use instead of disciples, which I think is more clear and more helpful to you and to me. What's another word for disciple? Ha ha. I am king 
Therefore, go and make what? Followers. Subjects, that's like a demented way of saying it, but yes. Go and make what? Guys, you see it. Our mission, and I'm really messing up these people. Yeah, you guys said you were going to sleep on the job. Come on. You guys, do you see it? Our job is to go in the world and tell everyone who is not a follower of Jesus to follow what? Jesus. We're to go into the world and make followers. Every one of you, you're to be followers of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus loves the world. He loves the world. He wants to shepherd the world. He wants to care for the world. He does not want the world to suffer from the pains that they bring upon themselves. And the only answer, the only solution is what? Jesus. And following Jesus. Because he protects us. The great commissioning is to make disciples, make followers of King Jesus. And he says to make followers where? Go and make followers of all nations. Dear friends, that's why I'm in Uganda. My mission in Uganda is very clear. Make followers of Jesus. We have gone into a little village that nobody knew Christ and we went in there with one message, message, there is a king. Can I show you how to do your marriage his way? Can I show you how to live your life his way? Can I show you how to parent his way? Because his way is the best. His way is the young people. His way is the young people. Never forget it. His way is the best. You don't need pornography. That's not the best. Those are lies. You don't need some guy that, that's not going to follow Jesus. You need Jesus and anyone who's obsessed with him. His way is the best. Here's his word. Follow it. Obey it. It's the best. We're to make followers of Christ. And we do that by first going, going into all nations, going everywhere. Don't wait for them to come. You must what? Go. Young people, see the hurting around you. See the broken around you and go to them. Go to them and share the message about Christ. And secondly, what are you to do? You are to then what? Baptize. That's the second participle there that's supporting the verb. How are we to make disciples? First, we are to go. Second, we are to baptize. Then we are to what? Teach. It's very simple. Baptism, what is that? Baptism is the moment that we die to ourselves to raise, to live for who? Christ. Go into the world. Proclaim the gospel about Christ as king. 
till they die to themselves and come and live for Christ as master. And thirdly, what are you to do? Look there. You are to teach. But I want you to look specifically here. Look what he says. Teach them to what? Everyone, teach them to what? To what? Observe. Don't just teach them to know. Teach them to observe. One thing I've learned, everybody's free to know. I mean, it's one view of another view, and we can all know. The hard work isn't getting them to know. The hard work is in getting them to what? I want to say to the pastors here and to all of you, the goal isn't for them just to know Christ is king. The goal is that they bend the knee to Christ as king. That's where persecution happens. Being an elder stinks. Because often you have to make sinners bend the knee to Christ when they don't want to. Right? But that's when ministry begins. We must, we're not, we are there to call people not to just say a prayer. We're calling them to change a lifestyle. We're calling them to follow after Christ as king. We're calling them to observe all that he's commanded. To call people to not change a lifestyle is to not call them, is to not understand what Jesus is saying by this commission. Dear friends, this is Christianity. A Christian is someone who has surrendered all of his life to follow after Jesus Christ as Lord. We are ones who wake up every day and say to God, what do you want from me today? What do you want from me right now? We surrender to his thinking. We surrender to his way. We surrender to his word. We're in fellowship with our king every day, living everything according to his rules. We're not here just to make people laugh. We're not here just to tell them. We're here to put pressure that they would bend the knee to Christ. And why? For their good. I have had the privilege of living in Uganda. Uganda is not like America. We've not known Christ as a society. You know that all of our constitution is all embedded around biblical laws. God's law. And with that, because of that, we have a justice system that is actually what? Just. You see, outside of the Bible, we don't even know what justice is. 
But because Christianity was the foundation of this country, therefore the laws of this country are biblical laws. And, and Christ has reigned in many ways through the laws of this country and have been upholded by a justice system and a police system. Right? And as a result, a family is a family. Mom, and for, for someone not to marry but to divorce, it, it doesn't, still not perfectly right. The rest of the world's not that way. I live in a village where nobody married. Nobody. So what you had is someone, they would go and they would produce children, and the children were responsibility of no one. Mom didn't have that, like, sweet googly over their child and desire to want to protect them and to care for them. No, they dropped them off at grandma's because they were an inconvenience and a burden. And that child grew up under pain because nobody loved them. That's the rest of the world. Everybody's burdened under alcohol, and as a result of that, they're not working. And so you have this impoverished society where it's man eating man, people getting angry and killing each other over the lamest things. Why? Because Christ has never ruled. Christ has never reigned. And the answer to that society is Christ reigning. And the answer to the American society is Christ what? Reigning. Jesus comes to his disciples and gives them this charge that I am the king, now make followers of me because he wants to care for his creation. But he's given that message to his agents, his disciples, to do the work on his, what, behalf. To fail to do the work is to fail to be faithful. This work is hard. But it comes with a promise. The promise is the fourth element. The promise is in verse 20. And lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Literally, behold, I, I, myself will be with you always, all your days. Oh, this is so sweet. Church in America, Lakeside Bible Church, D, now. All in. Are you all in? Are you all in? What is the mission you're all in? It's discipleship. What is discipleship? It's proclaiming to everyone Jesus is what? King. Jesus is 
and helping all of them follow Jesus all the days of their life. I want to end by being practical with you. Dads, how do you lead your families to follow? Come on, to follow who? Everybody, how do you lead your families to what? Follow the? That means when your wife is just not perfectly emotionally leading things the right way, what do you need to do? When your kids aren't perfectly obeying, what do you need to do? Why? For the good of your family. For the good of your family. Oh, it may be hard and they may kick against it, but the Lord will be with you always, even to the end. Parents, you have children, moms. What is your job? You have one job as a parent. To teach your children to what? Follow the king. So when they are struggling with the internet and looking at things that aren't good, don't beat them. Come along and say, say, son, are you a child of the king or not a child of the king? If you're a child of the king, then we need to obey the king because his way is the best. Come, how can I help you follow the king? Bosses, you've been given authority in your job. What are you to do with that authority? You're to help your employees follow after the what? The king. That's your job. At SOS, and I have 130 employees. And I can be open about Christianity, and I am. But when you come late for work and you want to be lazy, I say, I can't do that. Why? Because God made you to do it this way. And I want the best for you. And so therefore, if the king told us to do it this way, this is what I need to demand of you. I hope that's okay. Everyone, everywhere, knowing the king and being called to follow the king. I just gave a wedding. I just gave my daughter away. I told them on that wedding day, I got to give the charge. I, that's the role a pastor gets. And I said to my son-in-law, I've lived all my days with my daughter, teaching her about the king to follow the king. And I make one promise. I, you made one promise to me the day I gave her to you. And that is you will take that responsibility and help my daughter from here on out follow the king. You see, this is everything that Christianity is about. To not understand the king, to not live every day seeking to follow his good ways is to not understand Christianity. This is more than salvation. This is about living every day mindful of his majesty and in love with his person. The world needs Jesus. The world needs the king. That's what the world needs they don't need more of this, more of that. They need Christ. And our job is to go and give them Christ. So get out there and disciple 
right now. And I say that by the authority of Jesus Christ, our King. Amen? Let me pray with you to that end. Oh, living God, how have we lost an understanding of your glorious majesty? How the, you as the creator created a world that we would reign with you throughout our days in subjection to you for our good in a garden and enjoying your earth. Oh, living God, I ask, help this idea be re-engaged in the center of our thinking that people can enjoy the garden as you designed it for our good and our enjoyment. Oh, living God, I pray that you would put in everybody's heart here to go home, find one person disciple, and that they would disciple them now. Oh, living God, may you reign. To you, the King, immortal and visible, to the only true God, to you be honor and glory forevermore. Amen.